Comics in the combat zone Comics in the combat zone Usually we make you laugh But now we're watching guys get stabbed with light tubes Hey there everybody and welcome to Comics in the Combat Zone I'm Jordan Ducharme And I'm Ben Stead And we're here to talk about CZW Controversy 101 what a what a wild title there! Deceptive, maybe the most deceptive title. Because before they all do describe what you know, there's march violence, there's climbing a ladder, mm-hmm. there is a staple gun. But I I don't know about you, I find like controversy. It's almost like like edgy comedy. Like when you say that that's your goal going into it, it's incredibly lame. Yeah, like absolutely. Like you should be referred to as controversial is cool, but being like like Eric Bischoff once released a book called Controversy Creates Cash. And I'm like, you're you suck. That's lame. <laughs> yeah. that's lame. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was definitely, yeah, he's definitely riding the coattails of a few good decisions that he's made in the past. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I, I guess the name gave me some hope, but then also, I don't know. I don't know what controversy is in CZW at this point. So, well, we're about to find out. This event happened on April first of the year two thousand. Uh, I guess we were the April Fools in this situation, Ben, for watching this fucking dog shit show. Yeah, I'll just say out front, I hated this show. It was two hours and 22 minutes and really tough to get through. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. It's it's not a good show and it doesn't doesn't start strong. It starts (laughs) very similar to last week with lots of promos. Yes, so yeah, we get our announcer out first. Uh, and he's just, just taking crowd abuse. Like, the microphone doesn't work right away. <laughs> so That's cr- a stand-up show. That's cr- an open mic, is when they have to swap the mics. Oh, it's so funny, man. And, and he's just getting abused. And he has no like he has no recourse, because the microphone's not working. And then they get in a second mic, and that's not working. Uh, he just commands zero respect from this audience. Uh, and then, uh, at first, he says, before we even start this show, like, this isn't part of the show. We're going to get a special announcement from the CZW president. And I was almost like, who could this be for a second? Before I realized, like, Zandig is just referring to himself as the CZW president I now. think it's the first time he's called himself the president of <laughs> yeah. CZW. Like, I don't, it, it is a wild time. I mean, I suppose he can. He, he can He can call himself that if he wants. But Sure. Yeah, I just, mean, technically, I think he is. Yeah, no, he is. the. I'm sure he's the president, the CEO, the CEO, could he the say CFO. Like, could he say, like, the emperor of CZW? Could, I'm pretty sure he could say whatever he wants. The God, <laughs> the God ruler. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we know he's not getting cancelled in the <laughs> New Jersey in 2000. He could really push any boundary. Yeah, but, you know, the, the sultan, the, the grand wizard. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. That's a bit out. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean... And speaking of pushing the boundaries, he pushes the boundary of fashion sense here. Coming out in what I can only describe as like a banana yellow vest. Yeah, he's dressed like a cool banana. <laughs> he's so ridiculous. And he's just, it's like he just, it's like he was running out of time while he had to oil himself. So he just decided to dump the whole bucket on his chest and then walk outside. He's the most glistening man you've yeah. ever seen. <laughs> he looks like, uh, you know, in Always Sunny where Frank is trying to get pure. Yeah. So he rubs himself <laughs> in uh, like... The, the bacteria stuff, the thing. He looks like that. He looks like he should be sliding on the floor. Yeah, absurd. With the with the ponytail that's just dripping wet as well. So yeah, we get Zandig coming out, and I'm like, this should be interesting, you know. Uh, and he, he shuts up the crowd. What I can say, the difference between Zandig and the announcer as speakers is he immediately gets their respect. He Just by speaking in his tone, they shut up right away. They're paying attention to what he has to say. I mean, it is the president. <laughs> Yeah, he says, by the way, this isn't Zandig talking, this is his, and he gives out his shoot name, I don't know why I didn't write it down here, but he's like, this is like, Jonathan, I don't know. <laughs> like, I mean, I think, the thing is, you wear glasses, so I think some of your seeing ability has gone to your ears, because I could not understand a word of this. Mm. The entire thing, I couldn't, so how you've deciphered any of it is miraculous. I, I really do have both headphones in, volume jack to the max, but you're right, the, the, the microphone quality is as terrible as ever. Yeah, and a lot of it I did miss, but I, I was just I something about Zandig. I sort of get where he's coming from. I think <laughs> got that grumble. Yeah, and so for I feel like the third time in like five shows, Zandig calls out the entire roster to come out onto the onto the entrance ramp so he can address them. And it's like the first guy you see is Wife Beater, who he's in this like blood feud with. They've been weed whacking each other. 
But it's like, no, this isn't part of the show, almost. It, yeah, it's very odd to bring out all the boys. Like, I don't know, like, it was fun that one time. <laughs> yeah. But, like, this is, like, let's bring everyone from the... And it's very funny as well, because, like, obviously there's the entrance, but it just looks like it, you can't see where it leads into, so it just all looks like they're in this small TARDIS-esque, <laughs> bigger in the inside box, because just, like, bigger and bigger men just keep coming out. Well, and it feels like Zandig didn't give them the heads up. Like, it feels like he was just in the ring and then called them out. I feel that's true. There was this big gap of time. It's not like they were all waiting at the curtain ready to come out. No, And, yeah. and then they started shuffling out, like, one at a time just based on who got there first. And I was like, man, what is this shit show, dude? He just loves rallying the troops. Yeah, and to be fair, I definitely think it could have just been something that, he's, that they're just like, oh, shit. They're just halfway through injecting themselves with steroids. And they're like, <laughs> oh, the president has called us out. <laughs> yeah, it feels like... I would love if CCW did, like, a tribute to the troops, like WWE did. Because just thinking of Zandig in Iraq in front of a bunch of soldiers, like, I think, firing up the boys, I think the war would have ended way sooner. Yeah, and I think if Zandig had been the one to go to North Korea, I think <laughs> the, the relations would have been normalized a lot quicker. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah... Zandig's just cutting this illegible promo. He, he Every now and then he'll just yell out CZ fucking W, and that always gets everyone back on track. Uh, he begins this just, uh, how, how we, all of these people, we're all professionals and we bust our ass. And then I think he starts getting into the crux of why this is all happening. I'm pretty sure a show of theirs got cancelled or something. And he's like, they say this is violent. All we are is entertainers. We're all professional entertainers. That's all we ever aim to do is entertain you. Sport, and that that was sports his... entertainment, maybe. You know, maybe that's where Vince, that's where Chris Jericho got it from. A bit ahead of his time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, no, but he's basically saying, but it's what it's wrestling sort of did to get away from that image of like, but it's so funny because these aren't trained guys. They're backyarders. That's where they came from. They're all yeah. being trained by John Dahmer as if he's some sort of wrestling genius. And he's just trying to be like, no, this isn't about all that stuff. And it's like, but you're the ultra-violent, hardcore company. <laughs> like, what are yeah, you talking about? You're using weed whackers and then having people pour salt on your back. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> you you can't claim the sports entertainment moniker. Mm-hmm. Well, because he's, he's like, there's people out there that say it's a problem that we got kids in the crowd. And I was like, yeah, I've said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think everyone would say that. I think the kids are probably like, yeah, I should not be. Yeah. I just want some sweets. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it's he says, I'm no different than all you people. Zandig the everyman. I've just written down random lines I picked. He's like, bottom line, all the world's best athletes are here. <laughs> that's, all, that's a controversial statement. That's a real hot take. All of the best athletes in the world are oh, in CZW. Yeah, are in this decrep- like weird, creepy school. Yeah, basketball, yeah, football. They're all there. <laughs> all the best. This was 2000 as well, so there's, you know, there's not many. Mm-hmm. And then he does make sure to say, I know there are kids here, and kids, don't try this at home. <laughs> so that's sort of his message to the kids. Uh, overall, this was a 13-minute promo as the roster just sort of uninspiringly shuffles to the back. What a weird way to start the show. Yeah, I mean, we're used to it by now, I guess. But <laughs> like, I, I don't even know if it is weird anymore to have Zandig just like do paperwork essentially in front of the crowd for 13 minutes but yeah I already was like this is not going to be a good time well and we said it the last time he did this like this would be so much better served as an off-camera sort of rallying thing for the crowd I mean well first of all he shouldn't have done it at all but if you're going to do it it should be like an off-camera thing yeah get the crowd on the same page let's all have a good show once we turn those cameras on and instead it's just the opening segment of this show and it just starts it off terribly I'm just like ah. Why is this show over two hours? Yeah, definitely. So we get a random guy dressed as a priest who comes in afterwards. And I think he was meant to represent the people trying to, like, cancel CZW at the time. Because he starts cutting this promo, demanding the crowd ignore Zandig's lies. This is not entertainment. This is violence. Uh, And then out comes, of all people, the wife beater to defend Zandig's honor. And he just, like, violently kicks the shit out of this priest. There's only one thing the wife beater hates more. Than Zandig, and that's religion. Yes, and it's what funny because uh, you're not a religious guy, are you? No, I'm. Uh, no, I'm. I'm not. I don't. Too many bad things have happened to me for me to believe in God. <laughs> and I would say uh, I'm staunchly anti-religion. So on this issue, we we sort of stand with Zandig, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I fully believe. I can fully see wife Peter being on like Reddit r atheism. 
and just being like, mm, Christopher Hitchens, actually. <laughs> yeah, just a ridiculous, like, this priest just is, you know, a symbol of everything Xander hates. I think that's hilarious. Uh, and as White Peter's just beating the shit out of this guy, I hear this random crowd member yell, now that's entertainment, which I just thought was, like, a perfect heckle of, like, what well, what is this? Like, what are we watching? Yeah, definitely. Um, and then... Mac backs up Zandig's promo. He's saying, why not go after Warner Bros. for teaching kids to drop anvils on people? <laughs> That's a fair point. He's, a, he's an already a de- debate bro. Like, a- this guy's already like, you know, he's, he's debating people online in 2000. I just love that this does feel like the original cancel culture, cancel culture argument. And uh, we're getting all the best arguments from Smack Mac. Yeah, yeah, and why, I feel like wife beaters, to be fair, <laughs> may be the worst person to come out to defend CZW's honor. It's like, like, oh, it's just a bit of fun. It's like, oh, what's your champion called? Wife beater. Right, okay, yeah. Okay, <laughs> sick. Yeah, and then uh, Max says, we are the most entertaining, and I swear, wife beater and Zandig, you guys will get along. So it feels like they were united by the end of this promo. Uh, then the announcer comes back in to bring the first match, and out comes Team Softcore. We got Nick Burke, Trent Acid, Ty Street. Just a big groan for me. These guys have, like, go-away heat for me at this point. I just don't like seeing them. Uh, what do you think about this team? Yeah, the team's not great, and I think it is Softcore that, like, ruins it, because, I mean, I think Trent Acid and Ty Street have proven themselves as decent wrestlers, but... I agree. Like, Nick Burke is a, is a real Burke, <laughs> and I, I don't want to see him in the team anymore. Uh, I think they'd be best served because he's not even like he's not a good wrestler or a good talker. And no, he, and he does all of it. And there's no cohesive like, what's the point of this? Like, why are they doing it? There's no real. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all wearing shirts that say Renegade Wrestling on them. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know what that is, but it's like, got to no, be some indie. Yeah, it's just some. It's just weird. Like, it's not. It doesn't feel like a stable or anything proper. Yeah, I agree. So Burke grabs a microphone, and their whole gimmick is they have chairs now, even though Burke came in as, like, the anti-hardcore guy. That's an awesome gimmick in wrestling, you, the guys who have chairs. <laughs> and then to hammer this point home, when they get in the ring, Trent Acid and uh, Ty Street set up their chairs and, like, face each other. Like, I thought they were going to, like, get in a slap fight or something. It's just so odd as Nick Burke cuts a promo. Yeah, extreme. they're bringing back the extreme arm wrestling. <laughs> yeah, this is just so weird. And the promo was just so bad. And he says, so tonight I'm making it an, a lumberjack match with me versus Johnny Cashmere. So I guess he's just making the rules now. Uh, and that is the match we get. Uh, Cashmere and Moreno come out dressed as baseball players. So I, yeah, is it baseball or is it, I thought it might be the Warriors? Oh, no, no, they're just fully baseball players, because I, I didn't hear the music, but I think it was like a take-me-out-to-the-ball-game type thing. Oh, okay. And, yeah, White Lotus is dressed as, like, the umpire, and then Cashmere Marino just... Oh, I was giving them fu- too much credit, then, for being dressed as the Warriors, like, for oh, the yeah. film The Warriors. Okay, fair. Yeah, I doubt any of them have seen that movie. Just, <laughs> they're not cultured enough for The Warriors. Uh, and then they even give a, a jersey to the ring announcer who puts it on. He seems, like, happy to be involved. And he'd wear this jersey for the rest of the night, which I thought was sort of funny. He never took it off. Uh, the fans, it's funny, you said you sort of made this joke, but the fans sort of Nick Jerk sucks ch- uh, chant. Yeah. Sorry, Nick Jerk sucks instead of Nick Burke. That's pretty good stuff. Yeah, Nick Jerk, that is a good I always respect a good pun. <laughs> and then they start with, like, an impressive sequence where Cashmere gets thrown out of the over the top but lands right on his feet. Seems fine. He pops back in, hits a monkey flip, which Burke impressively, like, lands on his feet right after. So it's sort of like, okay, every match in CCW always starts with just reversals, and it seems like that's just uh, the only way they know how to start a match. But as far as reversals go, these were pretty cool ones from these guys, even though I know we were just shitting on Nick Burke. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Cashmere, I thought hilariously, goes for a baseball slide, given how he's dressed. Uh, and it accidentally hits White Lotus, who just, like, eats it into the crowd, <laughs> which is pretty funny. And then Burke throws him into the post before Trent Acid starts attacking. So it's basically a lumberjack match, but the only lumberjacks are Ty Street, Trent Acid, Robbie Marino, and White Lotus. It's not like a full roster Yeah, there's not thing. loads. I mean, and that's weird because they literally had the full roster out before. Yeah. Like, you could have had them just stay outside for the lumberjack match. Yeah, for sure. They even do a spot where... Uh, Cashmere, for some reason, there's like a home plate put in the ring, or like a first base or something, and Cashmere makes sure to hit it before hitting like a dive. It was just sort of a bit too too overthought for this baseball gimmick they're trying to do. Uh, then back in the ring, Burke hits a big clothesline on Cashmere, and then Cashmere backs up uh, just uh, right with the reversal with a half Nelson bomb, throws Burke to the outside. 
as I turn my page here. Uh, Burke is getting beat up and thrown inside, thrown back inside the ring, and reverses Cashmere's Irish whip into a face buster. Then does like an impressive moonsault, and I'm like, I've never seen Burke do anything that athletic. And then for some reason he starts moonwalking, and he goes too close to the ropes, and the baseball players just pull him outside, start beating the shit out of him. Uh, both guys get inside the ring and start brawling. When Cashmere hits a pump handle belly to belly that looked really nice. Uh, and then he gets thrown a baseball bat, and Cashmere goes to hit him with the baseball bat, but the referee just pulls it away from him at the last second, which I s sort of thought was bullshit. I mean, it's like a no DQ. Like, he's watching guys beat up each guy outside the ring, but I guess baseball bat's a step too it's far. too far. Yeah, you can't, you can't, these are the guys with the chairs, not the guys with the baseball bats. Yeah. And then Burke attempts a Death Valley driver, but it's reversed into a DDT. And at that moment, when Cashmere goes for the pinfall, all the Lumberjacks just enter the ring to attack, and the match is thrown out at 5 minutes and 25 seconds. Another DQ. <laughs> When's the last match we saw a finish? I don't, I don't know. It, I don't know if I've ever... I don't, I'm starting to doubt whether I've ever seen a, a pin finish in <laughs> CZW. It really feels like... It's like Zandig discovered DQs. He was like, wait, yeah. we can do that. And now every match, it's just, we, it's so annoying. Not that I was loving this match, but it's just, at least it used to be like you'd get a sense of finality, you know? Yeah, at least there was something. But now, it's just, I mean, just DQs are just, bought, like, constantly doing them. Like, sometimes you just want to see a good wrestling match, man. <laughs> yeah, even though I don't think these guys could have provided one. But then the softcore, they handcuff Marino and Cashmere to the bottom ropes, and then they focus on in on White Lotus, and they pilmanize him, breaking his leg uh, in between a chair, just and then Ty Street puts him in a figure four. Uh, I've noted here that like no security at all, nobody helps, which even though we've seen pull-aparts before, everyone just watched That's White... only for the women. <laughs> <laughs> only if the women are getting a bit too rowdy are the security like, we've got to stop this, guys. Yeah, it was just a, it was just a random beatdown, I guess to take out White Lotus, who I thought just came back from an injury. It's sort of weird to do an injury angle. Uh, and then Team Softcore celebrates, and they sort of do this chair high-five where they all tap chairs together. I actually like that. Then we get our announcer back in the ring uh, with his jersey to announce the enforcer, Rob Hartog. Big shout-out to the referee. Always gets a big pop now. Yeah, big Rob Hartog. Uh, <laughs> I love him. We, we all love him, the 30-year-old who looks 50. <laughs> TV dinners. Uh, yeah, he's great. He's, 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 he, I don't know, he just like... He does make me smile. It feels like this is his one... He doesn't have a very thankful life, mm -hmm. and this is his one like task where he's like, okay, yeah, I get a bit of respect. Yeah, he's full like Mailhouse's dad. I know I was <laughs> I know yeah. I was comparing him to Scott the Engineer, but he is like Mailhouse's dad. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see the divorce when you look I at sleep him. in my big wrestling ring bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so then we get out out first for your next match. Discount Dewey Donovan, who comes out wearing like a referee shirt, but then just takes it off and he's wearing a normal shirt. It's very strange that they introed him as a referee and now he's just a wrestler. But it's also strange to call him Discount Dewey Donovan because he is Dewey Donovan. <laughs> he's just... <laughs> like, that's not how a discount... He needs to be a discount other person. Yeah, you're right. He's not... He can't be the... Di yeah, it's like he's a shitty version of himself. Is yeah, I guess, saying. but I don't think they're going for the meta layer of humor with that. I just... I don't think I, they got it. I think it. it's just a D word. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. They should have gone with, like, dirty or, like, dastardly. Yeah, yeah, delicious. No. <laughs> no, he looks greasy and gross. Yeah. Uh, his opponent's introed, again, with this giant security guard he comes out with. The guy, he doesn't look, he looks sort of like almost, but only because everyone in this company is so small. He's probably only, like, 6'3 or something. But he's way bigger than the guy he's uh, managing, which is Johnny Blaze. Again, these two guys, the, the, the impetus of this feud is just... One of them was talking shit, and then the other came out and talked shit, and then they fought. And we don't know why either of these guys are in the company, like, why they hate each other. And it's yeah. been, like, four shows now. They're just feuding. Yeah, and the audience, I don't know if something's happened or there's information that we don't know, but the audience are shouting, Dewey fucks pigs. <laughs> and I don't know if that maybe David Cameron, that's where he got it from. They always just rag on Dewey Donovan. Like, yeah. there's people with signs against him. There's people like, yeah, the chants are just so creative when it comes to him. Uh, anyway, so this match begins. Johnny Blaze versus Dewey Donovan. Uh, Dewey baseball slides, uh, sorry, Blaze baseball slides Dewey right away into the fans. Uh, and then they get back in the ring. So the match like started out of the ring. It's sort of, sort of confusing. Back in the ring, Dewey rips off his shirt, uh, Blaze's shirt, and chops him uh, before we get more fast-paced reversals, uh, ending in a power slam to Blaze, which actually looks sort of impressive. 
Dewey puts on a sleeper hold, uh, and he looks gassed already. He just looks exhausted, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Then Blaze battles back and hits a Superman punch. Then he goes to hit a super kick, but Dewey counters it into a perfect plex. Dewey does, like, the shittiest failed top rope dive to the outside. Uh, it just looked awful. So then instead he just picked up a chair and smacked the referee. Sorry, not the referee. Smacked Blaze while the referee was counting. Uh, and then finally, the security guard just lays out Dewey, uh, allowing Blaze to hit two super kicks for a dirty win at 9 minutes and 44 seconds. I know that didn't sound like a 9 minute and 44 second match, but this was just so long and boring, and nothing was happening. Yeah, it's very strange. I mean, on the... Uh, yeah, it, it is just boring, because you don't know why they're fighting, they're not particularly good wrestlers. Um... I mean, Dewey Donovan, or Discount Dewey, he's got like, it says, his t-shirt says, got change. I don't understand <laughs> his character or what he's going for. Yeah. Uh, he's like, there was a bit at the start as well where he's like doing a comedy bit about like, I ripped my favourite pants. And you're like, why oh. are you, why are you do, what are you talking about? Ah. And then he's got like tape on his pants. And I'm like, is this, is he meant to be cheap? Like, is that the discount? <laughs> like, he likes discounts. Is that the point? I don't know. But it was just... When you don't care about either of them, it's very hard to care about the wrestling. Like, especially when it's not very good. Absolutely. And I know 9 minutes, 44 seconds doesn't sound like a lot. It really can feel like a lot. Um, yeah, it's just brutal. I was so wondering why he had duct tape on his ass the whole time, though. I'm glad you cleared that up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm, I mean, if I caught anything from this show, it's that Dewey Donovan ripped his favorite pants. <laughs> so then we get our first hard cut, uh, and then we the answer introduces all the way from Philadelphia, Mercury... And Mercury comes out, and he gets in an audience mem member's face who's yelling at him. And I just overheard, you can hear him on the camera say, What I heard is you fuck kids. To the guy. He's accused a guy of pedophilia on the way to the ring. I thought it was pretty wild. Yeah, that's that's incredibly bold. Um, the the production value has been put put up a notch. Like, there's smoke now. Oh, yeah. There's a, bit of, there's a bit of smoke. We didn't talk about that. Yeah, they've got, like, on very, purpose, very cheap pyro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. They've, they've got pyro before they've got a commentator. <laughs> yeah, that they've would not be them. my priority no. at all. Yeah, definitely not. Uh, and then out next, we get not Midnight, but Gabriel Knight. He's changed his name. Gabriel is a bold name to give yourself, I think. <laughs> I don't know if that's his real name, but, yeah, it takes... It makes me wonder if, like, his name before was Mid and, like, last name Knight, and he's just changed it. Or oh, yeah, no, uh, he's Gip, Gabe, Gab, Gab Knight. <laughs> Gab Knight, yeah, it's bizarre. The guy who was tried to retire last week, if you remember, but Mercury beat the shit out of him. He was offended that uh, Midnight suggested that he brought him to the company. Well, Which, he did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, he, I guess that was the intention, but we were... Uh, he didn't. He, he, didn't <laughs> he also didn't suggest that in his promo. We just went, we started together. Yeah, and, and Mercury starts the match there in each other's face. He's like, who are you to say you brought me here? Yeah. <laughs> so it is the whole crux of the feud that <laughs> they just complete, forgot. Yeah, exactly. But fair enough. Like, they, they they get going. Yeah, and we get our classic reversal off to start. I mean, I've just seen... I feel like I've seen every reverse you can see, and we're like three matches into this thing. Yeah, this is before you, like, unlock special reversals in a wrestling game. And you've just got <laughs> yeah. the basic three, because they just seem to cycle through the same few. Mm -hmm. It really is, like, yeah, the ones you'd see in video games, where, oh, he gets a step-over headlock, and then the guy gets him with his legs, and he kips up out of that. And then, Yeah. It's just, like, I've just seen it so many times. Uh, Knight finally takes control with a wheelbarrow suplex. Looked pretty good. Mercury retreats to the outside, but Knight chases him. Uh, he does the classic where he follows him back into the ring, and then Mercury takes control with a spinning wheel kick of his own. Um, the match is going at an okay pace. I mean, I wouldn't have expected much from uh, either of these guys, to be fair. I do feel like Mercury proved to be the B-side in that Rick Blade feud. He really isn't, like, as good as sort of that upper upper tier of CZW. Which no, I yeah. I think it would be very funny to do a tier list of CZW wrestlers, I think, yeah. at some point to figure it out, because, yeah... Yeah, there's no Rick one Blade in the is, S or A. It, yeah, it starts all, at B. Yeah, just the, there's B, C, and then at the bottom it's just CZW. <laughs> everyone else. But yeah, he, he's okay. Like, he's alright, but I, I don't know. It's just not... Again, it's just not a very... It's not clicking. No, and it's not a very interesting match. I don't know. I think maybe to get into it I need a lot of good momentum. Like, I need good match after good match after like wow, wow, wow. But with this, when there's like a slow moment... Mm -hmm. It's just really easy to lose you. I need anything good. I mean, we're so far into the show at this point, and, like, it's awful. The whole yeah. show's been awful so far. Like, we're nearly an hour in. 
Um, so yeah, Mercury, it's just, when he's in control, you can just see he sets up his big moves, then he hits the big move. It's just so slow, so boring. They go outside, Mercury eats a chair to his back, and then, uh, Midnight sets him up against the post and goes to hit him with the chair, and it's just so, like, tele what telegraphed what's going to happen here. Like, yeah. he just moves out of the way, he hits the post with the chair. Uh, Midnight hits the worst terrible guillotine leg drop I've ever seen. Like, Mercury is, like, meant to be elevating himself, but he can't, like, he falls or his legs are too slow, so he's just laying on the mat holding the second rope. It's just awful. I have written here, I hate this match at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Midnight sticks the chair in between the second and third rope, so, like, lodges it there, and then goes to Irish with Mercury. And it's almost like Mercury pussies out at the last second and just stops and then hits his head against the chair. And the crowd just boos. <laughs> they like, it's so lame. They wanted him to just take it full force. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Like, chair shots are, like, an easy way to build, uh, like, to get things exciting. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, if you're just going to clearly stop going for it, then, yeah, you're going to kill momentum. It's not going to be a good time. Totally lost his nerve, you could tell. Finally, Mercury grabs a table and sets it outside as both fight on top of the, on the top rope before Midnight finally hits a Tornado DDT through the table on the outside, and it didn't even look impressive. The table didn't even look like it broke. It looked like the legs just gave out, and it sort of unset itself up. Yeah, I think the legs gave out more than it actually broke. Mm -hmm. uh, and then back in the ring, Knight crossbodies Mercury, but it's reversed, sort of like the Shawn Michaels spot that Chris Jericho would parody years later, and Mercury gets a quick roll-up win at 9 minutes and 56 seconds, which felt too long. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't know, like... <laughs> yeah, it's t it's tough to put into words, I guess, because it's just, like, there's just nothing going on. These yeah. are such empty calories match, but, like, bad empty calories. Like, it's like eating chalk. I don't know what's empty calories and tastes <laughs> bad, but it's like that. It's just a dismal lower mid-card, and it's the whole show so far, and we are an hour in, and it just kills me. Yeah. Uh, we cut, and then we get TCK out first, and I'm like, I usually like TCK. He usually, you know, is violent, or has violence, <laughs> yeah. or has violence done to him. Yeah, violent tendencies, yeah. Uh, and then out comes his opponent with Dallas, hailing from the combat zone, which I always love. He says he's from the combat zone. Yeah, he was born in it. That's he, <laughs> he was simply, you know, adopted it. Yeah. Uh, Zandig, and he comes out, he's lost the, the banana vest. He's in classic Zandig attire. This is what you, I think he wears in that backyard wrestling game with the CZW white shirt and the tight jeans. That iconic look, white shirt and jeans. <laughs> like, yeah, that iconic Zandig look. Yeah, I mean, it's like the Oscars, you know, he's always changing outfit, but I suppose <laughs> the president can do what he wants. Yeah, yeah, no reason to change, I guess. I liked the vest, personally. Uh, yeah, the yellow vest. I hope it makes a comeback. I mean, he's <laughs> dabbed himself off a bit. He's not quite as greasy. Yeah. Uh, TCK starts quick by uh, attacking Zandig as soon as he gets in the ring. And then he just does this baseball swing with a chair shot to Zandig's head. It looked brutal. And then Zandig, not to be outdone, speared the guy. And then he hits, like, a way more brutal chair shot to DCK's head, just as hard as he can swing a chair. Uh, and the fan once again yells, It's entertainment, baby! <laughs> Which I just thought was so poignant. Yeah, it's de definitely. And, I mean, to be fair, it does pick up a lot when with Zandig, th this match. Like, this is the best match so far. And, like, Zandig is bleeding almost immediately. Yeah, the first chair shot. And it's one of those where I don't know if, it, if he cut himself or if it was legit, because the chair shots they, they exchanged look brutal. Yeah. There's also something to be said, like, there's certain guys in this company that the other guys just don't respect for whatever reason. Guys like John Dahmer, guys like TCK, and they almost feel like, or even Lobo to some degree, he's like the main event version of this, but they almost feel like they, they're they more liberal and just fucking the guy up and not really protecting him. And Zandig, like, everything he hits in this match, he's just laying in as hard as he can. Yeah. It, it looks brutal. Yeah, I think, but to be fair to Zandig and things like that, like, he does take it as well. Like, he's totally. taking some of the absolutely worst stuff we've seen. Mm -hmm. um, some, you know, he's... So, yeah, I know what you mean, though. Like, definitely with Lobo, you're just like, oh, you just he's just a ragdoll. Yeah. He's no, just a it, ragdoll for whoever turns up to throw about. You're right. Vince McMahon's uh, philosophy was always, I'd never ask a wrestler to do something I wouldn't do myself. And I yeah. think Zandig just takes that to the 10th degree. Yeah, cause, but also people would not do what Zandig does. <laughs> no. If he's like, uh, how about a weed whacker and a pour salt on your back? And they're like, no. <laughs> no, of course. It was. How like, much are you paying me? Yeah, I'm willing to do it, though. It's like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. 
So they wrestle to the top of the bleachers, and I know one of these guys is taking a bump down the bleachers when Zandig just sort of beals TCK, throws him. TCK doesn't fully eat it on his back the way Lobo did, but it just it's pretty brutal. Uh, and then they start just throwing each other into piles of chairs, like, because the audience has just been cleared out of the way. Uh, they are just eating it, you know, there's no hold back at all. There was no Mercury moments where the guy was slowing up at the last second. Yeah, and I think it's very... Um, I mean, I respect the idea and the self-confidence that there's chairs set up and also bleachers as if they were going to fill that many seats. <laughs> but, you know, I, they went for it, like, oh, more Godspeed. Um, but, yeah, like, the, there's some very funny thrown-into-chair shots, like sliding along like it's a comedy. Yeah, totally. Like, ten chairs all move at once. Yeah. Then they get, they get uh, transfixed with this garbage bin. Not one of those classic garbage cans, but a big plastic bin. What's up, Brainiacs? Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Just a programming note that every Monday at 9 Central, you can join me, Andrew Slack, and Josh Custodio for Monday Night Program. Come hang out with us as we continue to build the WBCW universe using Fire Pro Wrestling Promoter Mode. Who should we sign? What matches should we book? Join us for the only professional wrestling program on Monday nights. That's Monday Night Program on twitch.tv slash wrestlingbrain. And Zandig literally gorilla presses TCK, and he tries to dump him, like, head first into the can, sort of like you'd see in a cartoon, and it just doesn't work at all. So instead, he just lifts the bin up and hits TCK as hard as he can with this bin as garbage just flies everywhere. Yeah, thankfully, they've taped what appear to be very thin duvets to the wall <laughs> uh, to protect people. Uh, yeah, it looks like an amateur soundproofing job. Yeah, just half done. Yeah, it's it's, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, like this, th- I think this is a, an okay match relative to yeah. what we've seen before. This is one of those ones when people insult backyard wrestling as if like like you could do this, we could do this if we wanted to have this match and we're willing to do that that sort of damage. It wouldn't take any training. Like there's nothing being done here that's difficult. They're hitting each other with items. I don't know. Apparently these are two of the world's best athletes. So <laughs> maybe you need some training. TCK is right there. Yeah. Uh, they get back in the ring. TCK hits a nice missile drop kick from the top rope. Uh, and then what's his face comes in. Zandig just immediately getting up though hits a spear and then a clothesline. He goes to powerbomb TCK when wife beater attacks with a chair. So I guess the truce that happened what like in the first segment. Yes, I mean, Smack Mac wasn't talking for Wife Beater at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and the feud must continue with these guys. Um, and Wife Beater attacks with a chair, hits a choke bomb on Zandig, and then Zandig kicks out at two for the huge near fall, because uh, he's not losing the TCK. Zandig then gets up and just assaults TCK with chair shots. Two particularly rough ones to the head. The last one just drops him on his ass. Uh, and he gets the. It lifts him up for a Gorilla Press Falcon Arrow for the win at 6 minutes and 37 seconds. Uh, right guy won, I would say. Zandig had to win this. He always has to win. He's the president. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think. I mean, 6 minutes, it didn't. It didn't feel only 3 minutes shorter than the other matches. No. Like, the other matches felt double, like. Crazy long than this. Like I think this was okay. Like especially after the shit we'd seen. Like if it was a good episode, you'd maybe say this was a bit of a letdown. Yeah. But because it's a really bad episode, you're like, holy shit. This these be, are the greatest. This athletes. this might have been the high point of the entire ma- the show. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, it's not. I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe. This is brutal. Uh, then we get our cut, and the priest guy from earlier is back in the ring, and it's just like, fuck, man. We already saw this. I saw this guy get beat up. And then who beats him up this time uh, is Zandig, who we just saw in a match. <laughs> comes right back out, even though we've just cut the camera to like start a new scene. He violently attacks this priest, uh, beats the shit out of him. Uh, it just—it's the same self-indulgent horseshit we like. We've come to expect here. Uh, and then he literally has security throw him out of the arena, and you see him get thrown outside. I will say for the priest, he's a really good seller. He—he he knows how to bump. Yeah, he's a—he's a—he's a good. Yeah, he's a good seller. He's been in—he's been practicing in the confession booth or whatever. I don't know. I bet he's like a promoter of some other shitty indie company or something. Or like, just, yeah, just... Catholicism. <laughs> I got him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the announcer then returns and. Says, the next match is for the CZW Tag Team Titles. And who do we get as our challengers? Once again, Team Softcore. Fucking Trent Acid and Ty Street. I just had enough of these guys already. I was like, why yeah. is this show doing this to me? This episode had been so long, felt so long, that I'd forgotten they'd already been on at first. I was oh. like, oh, okay, nice. And I was like, wait, no, why are they doing this? Why are they back? <laughs> it's so, it's just too much. 
Uh, we get the Hosbros out to TNT uh, with the Confederate flag bandanas that look <laughs> just ridiculous. Uh, Charlie has his straps down when they enter, and he's just looking ripped as fuck. Like, it feels like the Hosbros are juicing. Uh, oh, yeah, of course they're juicing. Yeah, they're defo juices. <laughs> they look huge. Uh, and then that's what the match we get with Nick Burke on the outside, Trent Acid and Ty Street versus the Haas Bros for the tag team titles. Uh, the match begins with Street on the microphone outside, outside demanding the fans don't call him a homo one more time. <laughs> <laughs> and then, as of course, the fans in unison start chanting it. And I'm like, this is sort of gimmick infringement. Like, I thought the Cashmarinos were the guys who didn't want to be called gay. And now yeah. Ty Street's just taking that. And I'm like, why couldn't we have just done away with this gimmick altogether? <laughs> yeah, it's not good to double down on it. It's terrible. It's just so awful, man. Like, just when a show, you're like, oh, this might be the worst show ever. Let's slot in some just latent homophobia. Yeah, it's weird. And the crowd are just like, they're saying the F slur. They introduce They the, upgrade the, yeah, the chant themselves. Yeah, they've got like, they start calling them queer as well. And I'm like, man, if only... It would be progressive nowadays, but back then, definitely not. That's not how they mean it. No, they meant it in a hateful way. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, just everything about this, man. And and I, I had to be at your... Like, I only just finished the show a couple hours ago. I felt like I was running out of time. I'm watching this. There's like an hour left in the show. It's it's the least fun I've had watching a show for this podcast. I, whenever I'm watching an episode, I'm all, I always feel like I'm running out of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they... Finally, they start the match. It takes like a few minutes to even get going. And then it's just fucking reversals again. <laughs> yeah. and it's just the same thing. Like, oh, he goes to backflip Ty Street, and Ty Street lands on his feet. And then he backflips Charlie, and Charlie lands on his feet. And then they drop kick at the same time. Uh, and it's just a stalemate. And I'm like, fuck, man. Just so unoriginal. Yeah, and it's not... For, like, you see this, like, the matching of moves and stuff. Like, when, you know, like, the Young Bucks do it against another team. Or, like, another rest of the... Like, when they do it really fast, and you're like, holy shit, that looks incredible. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, this is just, like slow yeah this is like really slow you can see the choreography when it when it slows down like yeah this. and you're just like this is this doesn't feel good yeah <laughs> i don't feel good mr stark <laughs> so at trent acid gets in the ring and they do their own reversals and then he throws charlie outside and ty street goes to do this like sunset i don't know what it was like a springboard off the second rope to charlie and he just hits the rope wrong and, like, lands at Charlie's feet, just splats on the fucking ground in front of him. As far as botches go, this is just a really funny one. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Like, you know he wasn't hurt. It just looked humiliating. It just, yeah, it looked comedic. Like, the, like, a buff noise should come off or whatever, like, in a comic. Like, yeah, you just, it's it's wild. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then Trent sort of saves it. He hits a nice moonsault to all three guys, the Hospitals and Street, on the outside from the top rope. So that looked all right. Uh, and then Russ tops everything, getting in the ring, does a handspring backflip over the top rope, which looked also pretty cool. Uh, so the guys all wrestle to the outside. Acid throws the Hosbro uh, uh, into this big metal sign. Like, they go outside the arena, sorry, I should say here. And it's just so dark. Like, the camera can't <laughs> pick up anything. It looks like two shadows sort of, like, hugging. Uh, yeah, they get yeah it looks like you're watching like a happy slapping instant and like filmed on a Nokia 33 <laughs> like one of the early phones or whatever like it's it looks so bad mm-hmm. and they do yeah one spot where sorry Trent Acid throws him into a truck that just looks like this big metal truck on the side and uh, then they throw they go just back right in the ring and it was just like what was this for it only lasted like a minute you know? yeah and there's just like a dude out there watching them and the <laughs> cameraman like what's good like there's, there's literally no one else out there yeah uh, outside of the ring, Ty Street is trying to power bomb Russ, and he just can't lift him. I, I couldn't tell if this was like meant to be what happened, because it's not like Russ reversed the power bomb. Ty Street didn't decide to just hit an axe handle, uh, like he jumps off this amp that he was standing on, <laughs> like a, a big amp for a concert. It just I wasn't sure what was going on here. Uh, back in the ring, the heels lose control with a double springboard elbow from Charlie to both the heels. At Acid goes for a sunset flip on one of the guys and just botches it badly. Like, he just doesn't land. It lands on his ass. It's one of those, like, not only are the matches boring and bad, but then also they're botching. Like, they also can't get it right, you know? Yeah, and they're not, like, apart from a couple, they're not also very, like, funny botches either. Mm-hmm. Which would be great. Yeah, for sure. And not scary ones either, which would even be okay. Yeah, like yeah, the Loki one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd take some, like, is he dead? Like, that'd be <laughs> exciting. Yeah, so... All of a sudden, all the heels are sort of triple-teaming uh, Russ, 
as the referees holding Charlie back because a tag wasn't made, essentially. Uh, so they're at least building the heat here, but it's like 10, 12 minutes into the match. Uh, Charlie finally hits a DD, float over DDT as both, or sorry, Russ, as both guys tag at one time. And so they successfully do a hot tag for once. The Hospital runs wild, hitting drop kicks. Uh, Charlie hits a Frankensteiner on acid at the exact same time Ty Street hits one on Russ. And then they both pin as the ref counts for both. And I was like, I wonder what would happen there if both of them got the pinfall at the same time. CZW would never do that. <laughs> They'd never deal with that moral quandary. I get see Zandig like, we will cut the belts in half. Yeah. And you will all get a quarter of a tag title belt. Uh, but luckily, that didn't happen. Uh, the, bro the bros just take over here. They double team, team spring shot, and they just start hitting all the spots that you've seen from them in the past few weeks. The Cashmarinos randomly show up, and they assault Nick Burke with baseball bats, which is hilarious. And as Ty Street and Acid are uh, distracted, the the Haas Bros hit double-team moves on both of them, ending it with their Taint Buster elbow drop for the pinfall win at 18 minutes and 19 seconds. God, it feels so long. <laughs> that match feels so long and, like, just... And it wasn't even particularly bad or particularly offensive. It's just none of these guys are good enough to do this long. The match is out of nowhere. It's really setting up the Cashmarinos versus Team Softcore, whereas your tag titles are like the afterthought. Yeah, I think I think it just definitely doesn't help that this episode is dominated by wrestlers that none of like neither of us really like that much. Totally. I mean, imagine the fucking kingpins were in any of I know, these positions. Man, imagine, unironically, the the kingpins versus the Hasbros would be one of the funniest matches. <laughs> yeah, that's huge in, money. Yeah, that is huge money. It's with huge wrestlers. Um, so the Hasbros and the Cashmarinos, they sort of shake hands, no, no turns. I was so expecting the Cashmarinos to attack them because they're holding baseball bats. But no, no bullshit, the Haas Bros take their titles, they leave, and then the Cashmarinos cut a promo challenging Team Softcore next week to a match. A loser leaves town match. So, I mean, that's just the best news I've, I've heard. One of these teams is going to leave forever, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, it says leave town. I don't know if... <laughs> no, if you leave New Jersey, I think you're a winner. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, if you leave New Jersey, you're off most CZW shows. But, <laughs> yeah, true. But yeah, you are winning overall. Yeah. Then we get our hard cut, and out comes Lobo with the hardcore title. He's here to cut a promo, and it's so bizarre. It's like he points out, he's like, I got a message from the boss man in the back. And he points out a guy in the crowd, I believe wearing an ECW shirt, and he's like, what the fuck are you doing here in this arena with that shirt on? And he, like, kicks the guy out of the... <laughs> Out of the arena he's like dragged away by security as he's trying to get in the ring and i'm just like this can't have been real the guy looked like a wrestler but i'm just like it was just yeah so i don't think they would i don't think that was real i just think it i mean yeah i i hope not it's always looked ridiculous and at one point too a fan chants out you suck and lobo literally says your mom sucks that's and pretty good the crowd goes wild <laughs> yeah that is good i mean 2000 was peak your mom jokes like mm -hmm. you know it was, it was in the heyday really honestly like if if any heckler like i'm sure you've seen this at comedy shows if you give any comeback that just makes sense to a heckler the crowd loves it oh it's, yeah yeah definitely and it can be the most basic like i don't come to where you work and slap the dick out of your mouth and they'll be like Bah yeah the, like uh, uh, your mum joke can still land with a crowd at the thingy totally like yeah just or just being like yeah well i fuck your brother and you're like, <laughs> okay. yeah and even as the shirt guy's getting dragged away lobo makes some crack about his mom so like clearly on the cusp you know, fuck Wilder, Wilbur, Valderrama, or whatever. That Lobo should have been the host of that Your Mom show. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I was I was thinking of that Your Mom show. What a weird show that was. <laughs> yeah. What? How better would it have been with Lobo? Yeah, that would have been so good. Like they had to wrestle at the end. The, the winner gets a contract in CZW. Yeah. There we go. Uh, and then Lobo puts out an open challenge for his hardcore belt. And who takes the challenge? But John Dahmer. And I love, like, everyone serious in this company always just laughs off Dahmer like a loser. And Lobo does the same thing. He's like, I'm not fighting John Dahmer. Like, come on, I, I want a real challenge here. And then he does put out the caveat, if Natasha takes off her top, I'll fight you, John. Lobo. Come on, Lobo. Come on, bro. Like, that's that's a low blow. Oh, there you go. And the, the crowd is just harassing, like, what I can only call sexual harassment towards Natasha. 
the second she comes out from behind the curtain. Yeah, I mean, Lobo is sexually what can only be called a sexual harassment. Definitely, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're not they're not browbeaten for it at all. But it just must be so uncomfortable to be her, you know. Like, I wonder if if it takes it sort of like as heel heat, or if you're just like, ah, oh, fuck. Like, what do I? How do I end up here? You know. Yeah, this is my yeah. How like, am I dating I, John Dahmer? Why do I love him so much? Why do I love him so goddamn much? <laughs> yeah, and so eventually Dahmer shit talks Lobo, and we do get this match. The match you never thought you'd see. The one all the people wanted to see, Lobo the versus John Dahmer. Everyone listening to this podcast has been clamoring for. <laughs> and it's funny because like, the same thing I was talking about, Zandig beating up TCK, he, Lobo sort of starts doing that with John Dahmer. Like, he's just not treating him like uh, safely. He's just sort of fucking him up. And it's nice, it's nice seeing Lobo as the hammer instead of the nail for once. Uh, actually bullying oh, nice. a guy in the yeah, ring, you know? That's a good turn of phrase, that. Oh, yeah, it's uh, MMA. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that from Michael Bisbing. Uh, but, yeah, Lobo continues throwing him outside. They go up onto the bleachers, and I'm like, oh, Lobo's going to take his bleacher spot. But he doesn't. He throws Dahmer down the bleachers, and then he throws a bin at him. Uh, this was all pretty good. They exchange air conditioner shots, like this old air, like, air conditioner unit that's there for some reason. It looked really heavy and painful to both of them. Uh, back in the ring, Dahmer hits a suplex, and as soon as he takes over, the match just slows dramatically. He follows it up with another suplex, lifts him up, hits a third suplex. Yeah. And then he goes for a fourth suplex, and Lobo hits this, like, sloppy reversal, and then just regains control. Doing a, a suplex symphony. Oh, you know, that's oh, where Wardlow go. got it from. St- everyone's stealing everything. <laughs> well, he doesn't even do the three amigos, like, the r- roll. He, yeah, he, just, he drops them, and then he lifts them up again. It's just so slow. Yeah, I, I mean, it's wild, because these two guys, it looks like two former friends who are now fighting over, because, like, a D&D match went wrong or something, <laughs> like... They just look like they should be best friends and fighting over like an elf girl. Yeah. And like, I'm a nerd as well. I've got that part. I'm, I can make fun of them for that. But yeah, it's just uh, it's just wild. These guys are, uh, are crazy. Yeah, it's just not a good match we're seeing here. No. Uh, and then finally, uh, Lobo goes to the top rope when Wife Beater just appears out of nowhere, shoving him off the top, enters the ring and clotheslines John Dahmer and then starts focusing in on Lobo. We get a no contest at 5 minutes and 18 seconds. I mean, yeah. We couldn't beat John Dahmer. We had to protect this guy. <laughs> you had to protect John Dahmer, yeah. I mean, Wife Beat is a cool guy. Sure, yeah. He's, it's been a very Wife Beat heavy episode, for sure. And, um, you know, it's also been a Zandig heavy episode as he comes out to fight the Wife Beater, goes to clothesline him, but, acci- yeah. but accidentally takes off Lobo's head with a clothesline, which would lead to controversy. So, again, it's, I, <laughs> I think it's like the third or fourth time these guys are brawling Yeah. in, in this in this. This one show, and it's like the fourth time we've seen Zandig, if not the fifth time. I'm just like, it's enough of these guys already. Yeah, I never thought I'd say it, but it's enough of the big oily boys. Yeah, just uh, guys, go towel off and then come back next week. Go calm down, yeah, go and do whatever you need to. Go Take some pills to keep your heart ticking. And then this is why I brought up security with the White Lotus attack. Because security is called into the ring, and they pull these guys apart. Because this fight cannot, this can't continue. I mean, we've seen this guy get weed-whackered and salted and set on fire with no security presence. We no. saw a guy get his leg broken just one hour ago <laughs> yeah. to no security presence. But this required, what, at least, like, 15 security guards in I've, the ring. All of them, yeah. All the, they're all, all the bald men need to come <laughs> out and stop stop them. Yeah, they, they need to get in between them. This is so dumb, man. And by yeah. the way, White Peter is rocking, like, a crazy weed-whacker, like, scar. Because it's not that long ago, so you can see it's, like, healing, but it's like, fuck, man. It looked... The, I'm glad we didn't see any weed whackers on this show. I feel feel like they learned their lesson. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, they need to put them down for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally, so Lobo and Zandig are being held apart, and Zandig's trying to be like, hey, man, like, it was obviously an accident, and he even calms down the security as both him and Lobo just chill, and the, the security gives them, like, a bit of, bit of space. And Zandig goes to shake the guy's hand, and Lobo just clotheslines his head off, which I sort of loved. Uh, I think that I, that's a match I would like. I think we've seen it once, but I think that would be a good match. Yeah, and Zandig sells it really fucking well. Mm-hmm. He goes like he goes like uh, he completely rock, leaves his like, feet. Yeah, Scott Steiner <laughs> like when he was selling a stunner, like he goes, <laughs> he really goes for it. I think you mean Scott Hall. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, bounces back. yeah bounces I just watched that yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good. That is my favorite Sunner cell. If you, if it's incredible. One. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so good. Uh, and then the announce, all these guys get cleared away. There's no cut. The announcer just gets back in and announces mercifully the main event of this show. <laughs> yeah. I say that. There's still like a good half hour left in this thing when we see it. Uh, and out first, bow with the ba, Rick bow Blade. With the ba. It's, it, it's funny. They use the beginning of bow with the ba to like pan over the entire crowd and there's just a bunch of people who look bored or tired or like, <laughs> yeah. like fucked up sort of uh and then yeah they bring out rick blade finally and then opponent number two for the first time in it feels like forever nick gage's music begins. Yeah, yeah 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 uh it's got to be the longest stretch of ccw we haven't seen nick gage or justice pain because they weren't on the last show it was justice pain not I don't believe so. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't think either of those guys were there. But yeah, it's been a while since we've seen Nick Gage. Uh, and he's looking svelte. He looks yeah, yeah. He looks good um, with his CZW shirt on as well. Uh, and then finally, it's funny because CZW is so predictable at this point. I know their roster so well. I'm like, well, the last one must be Justice Payne because there's no other wrestler on this card that we haven't seen yet. Yeah. If not him, then maybe uh, Cronus, who we've seen a few times. But that's rare, you know. So we do get Justice Payne out there with Justin Case, uh, <laughs> and I guess the the feud between Justin Case and Zandig is just no longer there. Like never they mentioned. They settled it over an arm wrestle, bro. What more do you want? Let's some men do it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and then Justice Payne, of course, gets a microphone, and he's like, "Maybe I'm blind, but things don't look so deep in that ring." So we need a bit more talent. And then he introduces... <laughs> That's so funny to say. <laughs> any CZW match. Yeah, like, yeah. To, to be like, yeah, there's not enough talent in this ring. And then, who does he bring out? Wife beater, baby. It's the wife beater. It's the wife beater. <laughs> eating, throwing crisps about. <laughs> the guy we just saw. In, food. The guy we just saw in the last segment. Like, yeah. Fuck's sake. He's man. got another shirt on. <laughs> Yeah, this is like the third or fourth shirt he's we've seen him wear. so many shirts. Yeah, and he's wearing... It's funny because he's wearing a CCW shirt. Because the message of this show is, Fuck the haters, CCW forever. Yeah. So they're all on the same page. But then during the show, they're blood enemies. Like, it's so fucking stupid, this whole show. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so Justice Payne says, This isn't going to be a triple threat. It's going to be a tag team match. Because I'm part of the hate club with these guys. If you remember, that's the name they'd sort of coined. Yeah, famously, you want a load of white dudes walking about calling themselves the Hate Club. <laughs> like, that's, that's always gone well. Yeah, yeah have you yeah. heard the Hate Club with such luminaries <laughs> as the Wife Beater? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Justice Payne, and Justin... Yeah. yeah. This is so brutal. Um, and then, yeah, the match begins. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And we begin with Gage and Payne, uh, and they pick up exactly where they left off. They just start abusing each other before Gage hits this, like, wicked... I almost want to call it, like, a snap Death Valley driver. It just looks awesome on Justice Payne. Uh, and then Blade tags in for, like, a, a hard reset on the match as him and Justice Payne start doing their reversals uh, again. And Blade gets in control... He's just doing the most Art Rob Van Dam-like offense we've seen him do. It's almost like he just came back from a pay-per-view or something, and he's yeah. just inspired. Uh, you can tell he just loves Rob Van Dam. Uh, and then Justice Payne hits a really nice just spinning neckbreaker on him to get back in control. Puts a sleeper in, but Blade fights out of it, and then right before he fights out, Justice Payne hits a tornado DDT. I have written here, this whole thing's so slow. I checked the time. There's 16 minutes left in this show. <laughs> For fuck's sakes, man. Blade and Wife Feeder get in, and I sort of like this uh, this combo. Like that's a match I'd like to yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, Big Man versus you know the Mountain versus the Viper. Yeah, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> there you go. That's so kind to both those guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, Blade rips off Wife Feeder's underwear, and it ripped completely off his body, like the It's Always Sunny spot. So I think this is a Wife Feeder just regular thing he's doing. Yeah, I think. I mean, they've done it like three or four times, haven't they? Where like Wife Beater's got a stinky bum, I guess. Like, yeah. <laughs> And he's like, these underwear were brand new. Yeah. In the ring. And you're just like, that—that that is the least surprising thing ever about Wife Beater, to be fair. Yeah. I, I suspect that of all, of all the members of the hate club, they all have stinky bums. Definitely. Of course. Um, and it's funny because Wife Beater's just no-selling Rick Blade. So, like, he clotheslines him, just clotheslines his head off. And then Rick Blade comes at him from the top rope and he clotheslines him out of the air, which looks pretty impressive. So, Gage tags in and he's the one that can affect Wife Beater. Hits a back suplex. That immediately is followed by a swanton dive by Blade, and then a flying headbutt by Gage, which looked really cool. 
Uh, Justice Payne attempts to save, but Gage hits a fisherman buster on him. Uh, while Blade goes to flip on the wife feeder outside, but just almost botches. Like, he slips on the top rope, but completes the dive. Yeah. But you can tell wife feeder almost had to, like, throw himself and catch the guy. Because he just would have missed him. Just as Payne takes out wife feeder and Gage with a dive to the outside, while Blade double drop kicks Mac and Just In Case on the bleachers, wife feeder just levels Gage with a chair shot to the head, and then sets Gage up on a table, and wife feeder... I, I wish this spot worked because I sort of like what they're going for. Him and Justice Payne get to the top rope together, and Wife Beater goes to gorilla press Justice Payne through Gage through the table. Yeah, and, and he just—I don't think he gets enough air, and Justice Payne like hits Gage, but the table doesn't break. Just bounces off him, and it looks—it looks way worse for Justice Payne. Yeah, it looks like an X Men move. Like it looks like superhero move, like where he's just using him to throw him on him. But yeah, he just bounces off in a weird way because mm-hmm. I guess. Gage has more mass than just his pain. <laughs> and then Violet Wife Beater to save it does an elbow drop on Gage and the table. Again, it's like the table itself doesn't break, but the legs break underneath it, so it does become flat, which I guess is the goal. <laughs> yeah. And you can tell the guys like talking to each other outside trying to like improvise what to do now. Uh, Wife Beater gets back in the ring and then Blade cuts him off and hits a Rikishi driver, which I I, I wrote that down, but I realized Rikishi, I don't I th- I guess he was wrestling now. I don't know if he was using. Did Rikishi the take it from him? Uh, maybe, yeah. But Rick, I'm not sure. Rick I'm not. Blade I'm not sure if Rikishi had invented it by this point or not. No. But it looks sick. Like it looks so sick that it might have just been a real move, and he just dropped White Feeder on his head. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, it looked really good. Uh, but thankfully, White Feeder seems like one of those guys that will just never be injured, though. Like he'll come out with a broken neck and just do the match anyway. Yeah, that hundred percent. Yeah, so Blade sets Wife Beater on a table outside, goes to the top rope, and he signals for the 450, and then I couldn't tell what happened here, but, like, an explosive goes off at some point. I don't know if Blade, like, set it off, or if it was already on the table. Like, I'm really just not sure exactly how it happened. Um, Yeah, it's very weird. I think it might have been attached to the table already. It's really strange. It looks like in one of those videos where you're like, this is a tragedy that's just happened. Someone's like, <laughs> just been blown up or something. Like, because mm-hmm. yeah, the way it happens, like it just. I mean, there's been explosives and stuff weirdly going off all through the night. I don't know. I guess yeah, with the, the pyro. Yeah, the weird pyro and stuff. So I, I don't know. It was very strange because it was like, it was like the cream pie moment where you're just like, <laughs> what's happened there? And what's going on? What's what, what's been done? Because yeah, Blade appears to like act like he's been shot. Like the way he like kind of falls a bit. It's very strange. The one thing I will say is this was the first flawless bump through a table where the table broke right down the middle like it was supposed to. So. I mean, that's wife beer for you. That's one that's for a, a one for three. Professional. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Rick Blade continues, gets to the top rope where Justice Payne cu- cuts him off up top, and. Uh, what does he do here? Sorry, I lost myself. Oh yeah, he just hits a very hot top angle height, like a suplex from the very top rope. Skyscraper suplex, I believe they call it. And then it rolls right into a pinfall, and Justice Payne gets a clean win at 12 minutes. So, not sort of not what I expected to get. I don't know why I thought the babyfaces would win. But I guess they are building up the hate club, so that's just the focus of the moment. You've got to build up the hate club. Yeah, <laughs> you've got to support the hate club. That's what Hitler was doing. Yeah, building yeah. Building the hate club. He's building the hate club, yeah, that's it. Just his pain. <laughs> Wife beater is the ubermensch. <laughs> Smack Mac is your Goebbels, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the propaganda. Talk, the talker of the family. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways, this show finally fucking came to an end. Zandig comes out to console both baby faces, uh, and he grabs a microphone. And him and Wife Feeder get in the ring together uh, as he cuts this promo just saying... It's basically like him being like, this isn't the real part of the show. This is for the... This is the message or whatever. And he cuts another promo saying that uh, we're just entertainers and CZW's not going fucking anywhere. And Gage, it's funny... He's he's not wrong about that. CZW is going nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) But he's also not wrong that it's not going to shut down. I mean, it's still a company that's alive today, technically. But I love that when he starts speaking... Like, Wife Beater just sits back. These are the guys that have been trying... They were just pulled apart by security not one segment ago. Yeah. He just sits back and listens to Zandig cut a promo. Gage is like, takes a knee like a soldier would. <laughs> or like, it's so weird. That's wicked. the controversy. That's <laughs> the, he took a knee before anyone else did. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Right before the national anthem. Um, but yeah, no, this was just, just such an awful way to end the show. Again, something that shouldn't have happened on camera. 
Uh, and then Gage afterwards cuts a promo on the Hate Club, which sort of making it kayfabe again. Being, but he is funny. He's like, wife beater, when we see each other, we fight. I don't care if it's here. I don't care if it's outside. It's on site. He <laughs> says that to everyone. He <laughs> just says that to every single person that he meets. <laughs> He's like, I will fight. I'm. This is not a shoot. I will kill you. I will fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and then he also announces that Lobo versus Wife Beater is next week. Or himself versus Lobo versus Wife Beater. The hardcore champ, the Iron Man champ, and the world champ. With all the titles on the line. I'm looking forward to that. It's like less than 20 shows in and we're unifying every title belt. (laughs) 20 shows in, Jesus. Less than 20. I mean, I think this is 18. Uh, Yeah, okay. Just, it's over. The show's over. Atrocious. Um, I think you probably know my rating on this one. I'm going for the 0.0. Whoa! I hate... A full zero? I hated this show, man. That is that... Is that that's not our first zero? I think the music one had a zero where there was music playing over every single segment. But this was like this redefines zero to me. I mean, (laughs) it's like there's not a single good match. Uh, Even the one that we thought was okay was like disappointing by their standards. There's no violence, like no glass, no uh, fire or anything. Uh, I I don't know. This there's just nothing to say here. There's no high point by the end of it. Yeah, I mean I'm gonna give it a not uh, a not point five. Not point five. Wow. Okay. Why? Well, tell me why. <laughs> tell me why. Uh, yeah. Um, I I thought there was some. <laughs> I don't. Maybe a not point two five. Like I thought there was some okay moments. There was there was a couple of good. Uh, spots that I enjoyed. Um, yeah, was I mean, it the fourth wife beater pull apart? I think it was you? the 12th reversal. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, yeah, when wife beater got his pants pulled up, that was very funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it was it was bad. It was very boring. Like, it did, it felt like you were just watching sludge. Like, just that's trying it. to navigate sludge. And like, that's... Like, I think I gave the Pyramid of Hell a point five because of the Pyramid of Hell. Yeah, at, at least, least there was something. Yeah, this just didn't have that. It didn't have, like, one... Even one crazy spot I can remember, like, that... Oh, that was pretty crazy. Like, yeah. the botches are the most memorable thing of this show. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I think I'm settling on 0.25. All right. Yeah. Is that maybe for the banana vest? Oh, yeah, actually. Sorry. Back up to a 0.5. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, 0.25 for the banana vest. That is what was in my memory. You know when you know something's good and you're like, I don't know how to describe it or why. It's a vest, It's, it's the banana vest and the man <laughs> dripping in oil. Yes. Okay. Well, that has been an episode of Comics in the Combat Zone. I hope this was more fun to listen to than it was to watch. Uh, thank you for listening. And I am at D on Instagram, Twitter. Give us a follow. I'm at Pink Hoverboard on Instagram. And thank you for listening. Please keep it tuned to The Wrestling Brain, and we'll see you next week.